Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. Welcome again to another episode and this week I'm delighted to be joined by a gentleman that I've just started working with. He's been in a business group with me for some time, we've had some discussions and he's actually going to start writing some blogs for me. So I'm quite excited to introduce to you Tim Martin of Selling Service. Tim's service is providing engaging content for businesses of all sizes. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. So um, I know, and I know I'm getting, I'm looking forward to learning more about you because we've only recently got to know each other. So I'm sure there's lots that I'm going to learn on today's session. Ah, yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a few nuggets with you. Brilliant. And I know there's a couple of things we have in common, one of which is music. So on that note, tell us, how did you get to where you are today? Um, well, I worked in a variety of construction and engineering sales environments for um, for longer than uh, I, I care to remember, or longer than I can remember now, actually. But uh, yeah, so about um, 10 years ago, the large company I was working for um, went bust, um, and I ended up working for um, a, a bit of a corporate nightmare, which I lasted about 18 months in. Um, and at that point, I was in a position where I could set up on my own and think about a business idea that I've been pondering for uh, several years before that. So I uh, let them go because their uh, commitment level was too high and um, set off on my own into the wild of marketing and sales consultancy and writing. And it's moved progressively with the help of a global pandemic towards um, writing as the main focus of the business ever since. Brilliant. Now, I know you've got a, a big interest and background if you like in music which is something we share um i've worked in the record industry long long time ago um so tell us a little bit more about your passion on music because i know you have another business to do with music itself as well don't you yeah in fact i've had a couple of one and a half businesses to do with music i also have an online um record store at discogs look me up at selling songs um, and I also support um, artists in their um, endeavours to sort of get get some money in for their music, and that sort of sort of speaks to my my passion for sort of most of my business. Really, is tends to be about the fact that great, there's lots of advice out there, but the advice tends to be fairly formulaic, fairly exact, um, and. What I want to do is listen to my customers in whatever whatever sort of business they are and understand them, understand what they want to achieve from their business, and then help them set out to find the words that will get them out and notice and active with their client base. Brilliant. And how, how did you get into the, you know, selling records, CDs, etc.? Because if I'm right in thinking, this is like historical material, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Um, basically... That, that came about, um, let's say, I mean, about the middle of 2020, when sort of business wasn't going ever so well for anybody. And I was casting around looking for alternative um, stream income streams. I um, happened upon a uh, shop in Glastonbury when I was out, just out for a, a, a day out, 
who had these big boxes of vinyl and big boxes of CDs on the floor. And I taught, looked at the CDs and he said, well, I've no idea what to do with those. I only bought the vinyl. If you want them, make me an offer. And I thought, okay, I'll do that. Made him a daft offer. He accepted. And the friend who was out with me found themselves um, carting boxes of CDs to the car instead of sitting having a quiet drink for, uh, for the afternoon. Um, so, and, and it snowballed from there. Um, I, I proceeded to buy half the contents of a record shop. And now I buy material wherever I can find it. And it, it, you know, it, it, it's what we've all had to achieve over the last sort of couple of years is look for alternative ways to earn money or look to pivot, horrible turn, our skills into what we can um, use to create an income. And my, my knowledge of music, I mean, it's about the only thing I've ever learned an awful lot about. So why not use it for something to do with my business just for once? Um, and it's continuing to go well. And with the um, sort of marketing side of things, again, many people are becoming aware of the fact that Spotify doesn't pay artists, particularly small artists, very well. And as a lot of my friends are small artists trying to make some money from it, I decided to turn my commercial marketing experience to the music industry and find ways of helping them make what little bit of money is to be made from music particularly while there is no live work to be done brilliant now one of the things you touched upon there is the buying of something and then presumably selling it for a higher price than you got it i certainly hope so now, I know there's lots of people out there and some of the businesses they do might be, you know, selling on Etsy, um, affiliate marketing. Is what you're doing similar to this term that is banded about sometimes, which is called arbitrage? Because I've never really understood it. No, no. <laughs> Me neither, really. I mean, I think it's one of one of those terms that that if you line five people up and ask them what it meant, you get five different answers and three of them would involve shrugged shoulders, to be quite honest. So um, I, I genuinely don't know what most people mean by that term. Um, I think in the end, if, if you're taking a product and adding value to it, in my case, I'm adding knowledge of the um, music and knowledge of where to sell it, to that offer, then it's simply it, you know, it's simply in the same way as any other bit of business. You're simply turning a profit, and every business needs to turn a profit one way or another. Yeah, and that's what I've always found funny with the word because you know it, it is you know twenty different meanings I think, but ultimately any business is is about taking your service or your product and actually selling it for a higher price than what it costs you to create it or buy it in. So <laughs> yeah, if if you're not doing that, then quite frankly, you know, you're not you're not going to to do um, not be in business for very long. You know, in the end, I'm very lucky. I'm one of those people who, who I, I I love writing almost about almost any subject, um, and I've got to the point where I'm able to um, make a living doing what I love doing. Fundamentally, I do it to put dog food on the table. Yeah, I'm guessing most of us at the end of the day, ultimately, and especially many of our listeners, you know, one of the things that I love, I, I'm bringing guests on this show that are in the middle of growing or running a business, or they're just starting out. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I do that is because what I found when I was in business, yeah, there's some phenomenal business people out there, names that are branded about Richard Branson, you know, Steve Bartler, all of these people done some phenomenal stuff. But many of us can't ever imagine being at the point that they're at. And ultimately, a lot of people start a business fundamentally, like you say, to put food on the table, whether it's dog food, house food, pay for a holiday, whatever. So that's one of the reasons I love having guests like you on this show, Tim. Um, so the music bit, where, where did that passion come from? Is, is this been a passion that's been there all your life or have you been in that industry? Oh, uh, uh, no, it, it's just been a passion. I mean, literally, um, music has been my thing probably from arguing with my dad over being able to watch Top of the Pops when I was eight years old forward, to be quite honest. So it's just always been my thing. One way or another, I've always done, it's always been part of my hobby, whether it's playing, listening, um, talking about it, writing about it. It's just always been a part of what I do. So, you know, having reached this point in the curve, in the in the, the sort of work curve, if you like, to be able to spend a decent amount of my time talking about writing about music is, you know, it pretty much, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, would you like to have an online record shop in 10 years? And would you like to spend a decent amount of your time listening to music and then writing about it? I just said, yeah, thank you very much. I'll do that. Brilliant. Is is the world changing again? Because I know years ago it was like vinyl, then CD, then it was um, downloadable music. Is there still a, a big, big market for physical music material like CDs and vinyl? There is. Um, stream, streaming has won the commercial business, um, you know, the, the, the chart music business. I mean, my daughter's 23. Her generation does not love music in the way that, that sort of earlier generations did. It's, it's one of many streams, whether it's YouTube, TikTok, gaming, music, films, streaming video. Um, it's just one amongst many things. And music doesn't have that grip on them that it did for earlier generations. But um, I think physical product, particularly the fact that now you're building better quality physical product box sets, vinyl, you know, vinyl. When I, when I started buying vinyl, it was sort of this, this flimsy little thing that sort of, you know, if, if you were lucky, it would probably play about half a dozen times before it um, crackled itself to death. But now it's a good quality product. It's a more expensive product, but it is quality and it, and it speaks to the marketplace as well. Um, so I, I think in the end, there will always be people who want to collect high quality product of some sort, whether it's books. You know, books are meant to be dead by now. Films are meant to be dead by now. Um, we still go to the cinema. We still, we still buy paper books. And we'll still go on with physical music just because there will always be, we're a funny species and we like to have things that are important to us around us, whether it's, whether it's people, pets, stuff, you know, stamp collecting, you know, almost any form of collecting is something that, that I think the human race just loves to do because it loves to have a passion and an interest in something. Yeah. I, I do get it. So you you touched on um you touched on this thing about your passion, the music, and now you've mm. got this um online 
um, business with it. And you've got, you, you know, you've got another business as well that we're going to talk about shortly. Um, but other people out there that have got a passion and they're sat there, you know, as they're listening, they're thinking, well, I'd love to do something with that passion that brings me income that is a business. What what are the things for them to consider if they're sat there thinking, I want to turn this passion I've got into a business? Uh, that's a hard one because it's so much about what that passion is, I think. I mean, in, in the end, many, many people will say, have a plan, know what you're doing. But I think you can plan these things to death. I think if, if, you, if you've got an income, and you want to move yourself towards that passion where you're you're making an income from it. And honestly, there is precious little money to be made from writing about or selling music, but there is a bit. Um, and I think the same goes for anything else. I think it's talk to the people who are doing it now, learn from them, understand what they're doing, how they're doing it. And then frankly, just just go. Just yeah. just set out after your passion. If you if you don't if you don't set out after your passion, you will simply never do it. No, that's um, true. You know, I mean, I appreciate that we you know we've all got to eat. You know, um, we all have increasingly large bills to pay. But if you if you are passionate about it, you will find those hours in which you can do it. And there are just so many people like yourself. And so many other people around who will support you on that business journey. And I think it's important just to sort of make, make the choice, make the decision and do it. If you make the commitment, business will flow in. It's certainly what I've found. Yeah, it's about putting that effort in, isn't it? And it's like, again, any business, ultimately, as long as we're making money, that that's what we want. We want to make some money. Um but it brings me on quite nicely to the business that you and I got talking about, because any business that gets going, whether it's a passion business, whether it's something that's not your passion, but it's what you're going to go into business doing. Ultimately, there, you know, there is two critical things in any business, in my view, which is sales and marketing. And that's where it comes into the thing that we were talking about this element of writing content to help you market your business. Now you don't just do the music industry, do you, Tim? No, no, I'll, I will write, I will write all, in almost any industry. Um, I, I do avoid um, some of the financial industries where compliance is an issue simply because there are specialists to do that. I, I and you know, again, part of your part of knowing how to run your business is knowing where the edges are. And I know that's an edge that I'm, I'm never going to be able to meet adequately. You can't sell to everybody. So um, in the end, I know the sort of areas and, and the sort of businesses and the sort of people who I can write well for. And this is where the whole idea of written content, people will tell, people will tell you you need um, video, you need photo, you need social media. Well, it all comes down to supporting some form of content. Um, a, a, a friend of ours, one of our networking group, Ken Abbott, talks regularly about the box of assets that you need to uh, market your business. And great, photos, videos, um, testimonials, everything else, it's all part of it, but so equally as a way of describing yourself and your business. I have my my job 
is to help people understand who the person behind the business is, because fundamentally people do buy big people. Yeah. Um, and if, if you know, it, it's great to sort of say, right, OK, I can I can sell you pink widgets. Um, this com- this company I work for does brilliant pink widgets. They're particularly pink and they're particularly widgety, but that's not going to persuade you to buy them. What will persuade you to buy them is that the person behind them has understood why you why you need pink widgets and why the why you will buy from that person. So it it is all about not selling the person, but helping helping other people understand the business, helping people understand the person or the people behind that business. And and that, to my mind, that's that's what I where I get huge satisfaction out of helping people get their business recognized and noticed but also getting themselves noticed because as as some of the people you've had on your podcast there are some absolutely brilliant people out there in business um, and they don't necessarily all always get the recognition they deserve personally and that that's what i that's what i hope to do is help them explain themselves and explain their business. And as we said at the introduction to the show, providing it in a way that is engaging, so it's actually yeah. getting them more known. So, absolutely, and and this sits very comfortably with what Google and a lot and Facebook and all the other um, areas are now looking at. You know, the, the days of being able to stuff your website, your email, your blog with keywords and tags. It's gone. What there is now so much content out there that what you need to have is something that people will want to read and that people will gain, gain value from, whether it's an understanding of the person of the business or more understanding about how they can respond to that person and business. Um, there, there are several um, ways of producing content by way of an AI. How does that speak in a person's voice? You know, I, I, I spent time talking with yourself and with other people that, that I work with. And I like to think that, that, that I understand the people. I mean, again, I'm in, I'm in a fortunate position where I, I, I get to talk to some brilliant people um, and people who I, I, I want to do the best for. and I want to work with and I want to help them promote their business. And, you know, and and that tends to be the people who I end up working with and end up working with in the long term, because I I sort of recognise the quality of the person. And, you know, I I think I can add to their business and add to their brand. Yeah, it's quite interesting. You mentioned the AI method and there's loads of ads pop up when you're doing different stuff online. And the number of them that I notice that are popping up now, it's clearly a computerised voice but also the actual structure of the words have clearly come from a system. It's not representing who the person is. Mm. It's like me. It's like doing an advert that's written in Queen's English for me when I'm I'm a a Yorkshire gal that says it straight. Mm. You know, nobody would expect me to speak in Queen's English, nor would they expect me to write anything in that method either. So I definitely get what you're saying there. Now, writings, many people might think, well, I can write, you know, I don't need anybody to write content for me. 
from my point of view, I don't have the time to write, but also that's not my punchline. I am not necessarily the best wordsmith out there. So, you know, you've gone into providing engaging content, written content for people, um, which they can use then, you know, from that blog, they can put social media posts out from it. They can do TikTok videos using that wording. So what your background in writing has it always been there? Is that something you've done as a career provide, uh, prior to going into business? Yeah, certainly when um, I worked in sort of construction and the engineering sales side of things, uh, it always veered into marketing and I'd write um, articles in magazines. I mean, we're talking back in the, the, the pre-internet dawn of time. So that was very much about um, sort of writing articles for magazines, writing um People may even remember the days of fax marketing. Um, yeah. We used to, we used to, yeah, we used to do lots of that. But again, it's all about providing something that's a lot more transactional probably than what I'm doing now. But again, it's about providing something that hooks people to pick that bit of paper up, look at it and go, all right, I should talk to them. And that's always been something. I mean, word. I've, I've always been an avid reader and I've always, always sort of written something. It's always been in the sort of the, the course of business or sort of course of hobby or something along those lines. Um, I, I don't feel the drive to write a novel or poetry or anything. Um, it's just not me. But I think the, the, the benefit of having taken the time to learn about words, about learn about how to use words. And um, again, this I, I was lucky enough to, to go to a school many, many centuries ago that, that allowed you to do this. Um, don't get me started on um, English, what is wrote and spoke today in schools. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Yeah, it's all, it's quite funny. It's the, the my, my son, he's he's 23 now, but when he was slightly younger, he'd come out with words like sick. The meaning of that word to me is totally different to the meaning of the current generation, as it were, that sort of just finished school. So, <laughs> so funny. Um, anyway, so in terms of, you know, a business is out there, Maybe they're a bit like me. They're not the best wordsmiths. They don't really, you know, they can write, they they can make sense, but they're not they're not quite that great at writing engaging content. What's the benefits are for them of coming to a writer like yourself to actually produce that for them? You you know how your business works. You know how you want to to get that um, message out. You've got the content um, to enable you to, to produce sales and marketing messages. The, the problem can often be that you're too close to the business to write objectively about it. Um, you know, in the end, you, every business owner is their own best advocate. You, sit, you stand up in a, in a networking meeting or on a networking Zoom call and you are the best, the best person to describe why your business is the right way, the right thing for your clients. But to separate from that and put it down into writing or speak on a video or something along those lines, then perhaps you need words that somebody else has taken 
and ensured have all the messages that you want to get across in them. And that then allows you to portray yourself if it's reading a podcast or a video script or something along those lines, or allows people to read what you've what you've got to say. Because the one thing that, that I always say to my clients, particularly the new ones, is that the first the first things I do are me learning to write in your voice. Yeah. And that is so important. It's so important that I can get how your um, voice is expressed within your business as well as for yourself. And that's why, you know, when, when we spoke first, you know, we, we didn't particularly talk about business. I just wanted to understand how you, how you spoke about things, how you thought about things. That informs how I how I'll write for you. And as you say, I mean, the way I would write for you is very different to how I would write for another one of my clients who's a data protection specialist. He speaks very, very um, precisely. He doesn't use contractions. He's got no real um, accent. He's got no real sort of local sort of inflection or words to his speaking at all. So I would write in a very different style to how I would write for yourself or another client I have who's also based in Yorkshire and far warmer way of speaking for, for yourself and her. Yeah. Now, it's quite interesting because I might be touching on a bit of controversy here, but hey, who cares? So one of the reasons I actually sat down and spoke to you is because I'd worked with other companies uh, and this was to do with email marketing letters. So, you know, five day challenge, come join my five day challenge. And we see a lot of those at the minute. Um, so for me, the biggest problem I had with that is the material I got back, were what I call clickbait. So what are your thoughts on this? What's been going around for a few years now, and I am praying that it starts to slowly move out. But what are your thoughts around this sales marketing method of, of clickbait? The, you know, click here and read this bit. Oh, and by the way, before you go, click here. Does that, does that work? It, under, it underestimates the intelligence of the audience. We're talking to other people who are in business. We're talking to other people who run significant operations of their own. They know when they're being sold to. They know that we are selling to them. So if you treat them with respect, and I, I think this treating your audience with respect is a thing that, yeah, I absolutely agree, is potentially lost to a certain extent because of the sheer volume of content out there, which is why I, I, I said to you and I would say to other people, there is an optimum level at which we, we sort of engage with our audience that respects them and doesn't just sort of say, come on, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. That will not work. This is why the understanding, the appreciation of you, why, why buy from Tracy? What, what does tra- how does dealing with Tracy benefit me? Because we are all in it for um, to promote our businesses and make our lives easier and more, but well, just make our lives easier one way or another. So that, again, this comes back to the people by people. So the, the bulk content, clickbait material, I think its day is it, it, it's 
again, it's another thing from the from the pandemic because it was the only way people had to engage. They yeah. couldn't go and shake people's hands. Many people in some of the networking organisations we belong to, they, they stopped engaging with the online networking, which I personally found to be really useful and really good. But they couldn't see how to use it because they, again, this is a words thing to a certain extent. They were struggling to express themselves when all they had was their words, not their business card and not their samples. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, yeah, each day is fading now because, because our audience is sophisticated enough and intelligent enough to see past it. And that's why, and that's why we will never do it. Yeah, maybe that's why it's always sort of been, you know, like fingernails <laughs> on a blackboard for me. I see the clickbait style letters and I delete, 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 delete. So that's cool. It's good to know. So for our listeners, I'm going to put into context um, how I'm currently going to be working with Tim. I've been wanting to do a blog for some time now, but I wanted to be able to multipurpose the content so that I could use it for content in my social media, for content in videos. So if you're out there thinking that having somebody do the written content for you is not as important as doing, say, your social media management and marketing, uh, then think again, because this is going to make my life so much easier. Tim's going to be writing some blogs for me. I'm going to be able to take that content each week, grab a different bit of the blog, put it into my social media marketing plan, and I will repurpose effectively what is one blog into multi other different facets. And I couldn't do that on my own. One, I don't always have the time. And two, I'm not the best person to do it. So, Tim, so that our listeners know who you help, how you help, the floor's yours to share with the world how to engage with you. Right. Okay. Well, my, my business, is, as you say, is called Selling Service. I have a website, www.selling-service.co.uk. And just to make the point about box of assets um, within your marketing, you will find some lovely videos um, on that website, um, which talk to you about um, how to use writing. Um, my um, LinkedIn, you can find me at Tim Martin. Um, I, I'm the, I'm the, not the one with lots of hair who runs lots of pubs. So uh, I'm the other one. Yeah, I'm we'll get we'll get those links put on for you as well in the show notes as Thank well. Thank you. Um, uh, emails Tim at selling-service.co.uk, um, and I am always happy to just have conversations with people about what they want to achieve from their their written content. Brilliant. I remember, guys, your written content can also go in for you to be used with all sorts of other materials. So it's all part of your kit bag. So, Tim, I'm going to go through a few quick fire questions with you, give people a, a different way to actually learn more about you. And I, I grabbed a couple as we were speaking. My first one, though, is music in terms of jazz or rhythm and blues, which one and why? Oh, jazz, um, be, partly because um, it, it's just been something that I, I've played I've played and listened to for years and years and years. Um, and um, if, if you ask many of my friends, I have a very strange taste in music. My music blog is um, 
all of the weird music, weird views about strange music, and um, they will pretty much tell you that anything I like um, has no tune to it. So it's got to be jazz, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. I must admit, my my music taste is very eclectic. One minute I could be li- listening to heavy rock, and the next minute to classical. So I'm a bit of a strange one when it comes to that. Oh, me too. Um, so out and about, walking or running? Oh, walking. Yeah, I don't, don't do running. Not even for buses. <laughs> Love it. Don't do running for buses. Um, if there's one thing you could do to change the world today, what would it be? Other than line many, many political leaders up against the wall and persuade them to do something different. I, I think in the end, there's um, there are so many problems. I don't think there's one solution. But the first thing we need to do is look at um, the places like in Africa, in Asia, that are running out of water, running out of food, because... We've already seen what the problems are going to be there. We're rich enough to support them. We can do it. Yeah, one world. One world, yes. that's for sure. None of, none of us choose which part of this world we're born in. Um, and as I always do, I'm going to ask you our closing question. The show is called Sweat, Grit and Hustle. Which one resonates with you and why? Um, grit, I think, because you you to make a success of any business, you need to, to, to knuckle down, understand why you're doing your business, understand how you benefit other people, and then just get on with it. Brilliant. Love it. Tim, it has been an absolute pleasure. I am really looking forward to our continuing journey together with my business. And for those of you out there, if you want to get in touch with us, myself or tim all the details will be in the show notes until then we'll see you next week to keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on sweat grit and hustle do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.